I got so enthralled in the music, I forgot to put my microphone on, so just give me a minute. I, I know what it must be like for Bob to get to play with his, uh, play the instruments with his grandkids. Yesterday, I got to uh, work on a dragon with, my, uh, with Brandon, my grandson, for part of the day. Just trying to figure out what a dragon looks like when you weld all, all these old pieces together and kind of teaching him to weld. It was a, it's a joy, it's fun to be with our grandkids and to have them here in the church. Then, a, uh, then Logan came over and we played chess together and that's a fun too. And so if you're a grandpa or a dad, or take some time to play with your kids or grandkids today. I'd like you to turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, a familiar story, and, and I was going to read it uh, for lack of time, though I think I will, I will just be referring to the various verses as we get there, because you will recognize the story, although maybe there will be something new that you will pick out from these verses as I go through them. I'm hoping that you learn something from God's Word this morning, that you're seeking something from God's Word, that you're interested in knowing uh, just a little more about God, your Father, because, uh, you know, I love, I, I love my dad and I love my father-in-law, Mr. Phillips. Uh, they were not perfect dads, uh, they, but I wasn't a perfect son. I felt that I was a son to both of them. Uh, the latter years, mostly with Mr. Phillips, because being right here in the church, and so Dad Phillips was uh, always special to me. Had to have some heart-to-heart talks to, with him in his later years. You know about that. I had to tell him he had to stop running his little motor scooter into the back of all of your ankles out there in the foyer, uh, and uh, and uh, tell him, well, you just can't be yelling at him. Get out of the way! Get out of the way! Uh, you know, Jack, uh, he thought that was funny. Uh, that was his sense of humor. So, but if you were hurt by that, uh, you didn't need to be. He, he just thought it was funny. But he wasn't a perfect dad, he wasn't, uh, but I wasn't a perfect son. And none of us are perfect dads. None of us are perfect sons. But uh, Jesus tells a parable about a perfect father and two imperfect sons, because he's talking about his heavenly father. In the story, though, he is not the perfect father. Now, it, it seems that he is, and he is referring to father and his, in heaven, and so that would be. But for those listening to the story, they could listen to it as a father and still learn some valuable lessons, even though they were not Perfect. And I know the, the uh, theme of this parable is not necessarily father-son relationship as it is the Jews and the Gentiles and, and the father opening his arms to the runaway son, the rebellious Gentiles, and uh, offering the rebellious Jew, the older son, the perfect son, so to speak, Uh, being the Jews, and how he went to the Gentiles, opened his arms to us, even though we were wayward. And so, as we begin this, uh, I I, I want us to realize that father-son relationships are really, really important. 
And if you do not have a relationship with a heavenly father, that is the priority for you today. If you don't hear anything else I say, I hope that you uh, realize how important it is for you to become a son of God or a child of God. And it doesn't just happen because you were born in America. It doesn't just happen because you're a member of First Baptist Church. It just doesn't happen because your grandpa was a preacher or your dad was a preacher. It doesn't just happen. It is a personal relationship with a holy God that's brought about because of your acceptance of the work that Jesus, God's Son, God in flesh, did upon the cross, paying the price for every one of your sin, past and future, and getting sealed by the Holy Spirit saying, you are my child, whether you act like it or not, you are my child. And that is the first priority for anyone because that will make the difference between where you will spend eternity in a literal heaven or a literal hell. And so uh, if there is any doubt or question in your mind by the time I finish, then please catch me in the hall and uh, you can have a father in heaven to care for you for eternity. Uh, Let's begin with prayer. Father, as we look at these verses... Help us to understand, to to draw some truths from this passage that will help us how to relate. Help us relate to our fathers, relate to our sons, relate to our our, uh, parents, Lord. I just pray that uh, this might benefit each one that's here and that it might please you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, please. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. The one goes away into the far country, he wastes all his money, he's starving to death, and he comes back wanting to be a servant to his dad. His dad is watching and waiting for him to come, and when he sees him a long ways off, he runs to meet him, he lifts up his robe so that he can run, he does what Jewish fathers didn't do, and they didn't expose his his uh, chicken legs, like the, all the rest of us have, and run, uh, humiliating himself across town or, or through down the street to, uh, see, to embrace his son, who is finally coming back. He, he knew he was going to come back. And he runs to uh, and embraces him and shows affection that Jewish dads didn't kiss his son and welcomed him back. And that's half of the story that we want to look at this morning. Uh, This story, though, tells us how that we can put a smile on Dad's face or a tear in Dad's eye. And we we all have that opportunity because every one of you have earthly dads, but they might be gone. But you have a heavenly Father, and you can put a smile on his face or a tear in his eye uh, this morning. And so I want us to say, how, how can we make Dad smile? How, how, did this guy, how did these guys make Dad smile, these two sons? Uh, first, as I see, is in verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I think the first thing that we 
can do to put a smile on dad's face is to recognize his provision. He, he finally recognizes, he finally gets it. My dad is generous. He's generous to his servants. They have more than they need. Uh, how, how do we do with God? I hope every day you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just uh, with little things. I mean, it's just food. That, okay, you know, uh, we, we bow our heads and we pray and we thank, uh, thank God for the food. And I, and I hope we do it in sincerity and saying, thank you, Lord, for this food. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the rain. This is a beautiful time of year to live in Minnesota. Uh, we're not having to thank him for the snow. So that's, that's great. We say, thank you, Lord, for his provision. Um, I remember when I was going to Pillsbury in southern Minnesota, in Owatonna, um, to college, Bible college there. My brother and I would drive out, and we drove out in a, in a 1959 light green Cadillac. And if you know car, I don't know anything about cars, but except that we drove that car for a number of years, uh, and it's, it had the big fins, and it had the big taillights out there, kind of a, a Batman-mobile or whatever, Batmobile. And, uh, and we would drive that from Montana, clear to the far side of Montana, there by Butte and Bozeman, and and we would drive that across, no speed limit, so, and it just, you sit in there, and if you drove 90, it was like you're going 60 in a regular car. It just got low to the ground and just went. And I remember we were cutting down and went to South Dakota to pick up uh, my cousin Sam, and, and uh, something happened there uh, that the transmission went out. And it wound up, I threw it all, after several years with that car, we wound up with Dad's car. Dad gave us his car. Now, it was a Maverick, a Ford Maverick. If you, uh, back in the ancient, in the olden days, um, at least we were thankful it wasn't a Pinto. Uh, it, <laughs> it could have been worse. At least it had a cool name. But, uh, but he, he just, okay, you just take my car. Take my car. I'll get something else. He was providing for us. Paid the insurance. Did we, did we really think about I don't know if we really said, thank you, Dad. I mean, for this expense, you know, you start paying for your own things, and then it starts to mean a little more to you. But uh, how can we make Dad smile or recognize the provision? Thanks, Dad. Thank you, Lord. Uh, so, uh, kids, and we've got some young people in, in our church family here. Uh, learn to say thank you. Recognize the provision. Put a smile on your dad's face. Um, they, this, this son recognized his kindness, kindness to others. You just recognize what dad does. Thank you, dad, for taking care of mom. Thank you, dad, for taking care of us kids. Thank you, dad, for watching the grandkids. Uh, thank you. To, here he was taking care of his employees. He, was, he recognized the kindness of his dad. And that puts a smile on dad's face. Also with spiritual guidance. Uh, guidance to us. You know, my dad was not a, a flashy uh, preacher. You know, he's taught school. And so when he became a preacher when I was in kindergarten, uh, he went back to Northwestern in Minneapolis and he began, became a pastor. 
and he still had to teach. He had to work two jobs. Nothing flashy about dad. No illustrations, just, just the word of God, and, and that was good. And we sat there. Sometimes uh, there in Montana, uh, and on Sunday evenings especially, there would just be the eight of us kids and mom, and dad would stand and, and preach. Uh, from God's word. Nothing flashy, but he was a spiritual guide to all of us. He, he was not overly affectionate. And I didn't know until, uh, until mom was about to die. Dad died first, and mom was about to die. And she explained to, to me once when I was there visiting, uh, before she died, a few weeks before she died, she explained to me about the... the uh, sexual abuse by her dad and why our dad uh, would, could, could not or would not uh, be overly affectionate, especially to the girls, uh, but to us as well. Just uh, He wasn't a hugger. <laughs> I can't wait to see dad in heaven and give him a hug. I can, and Jack Phillips was not a hugger, but I can't wait to see dad Phillips in heaven and give him a hug. Um, but his, their spiritual guidance was important. Dads, be a spiritual guide. Teach your kids. Let them see you in God's Word. Let them see you uh, reading. Uh, let them see you praying. Pray at the meals. Be the spiritual guide you need to be. Uh, recognize his instruction. So recognize his provision for you. Uh, they instruct us a lot. I don't know about your dad, and some of you didn't have, have good dads. I realize that. I did, and I jotted down things that I learned from dad. These are things. I learned to steer a tractor sitting in his lap. Ah, oh, I think of those times. Man, he, was, he wasn't trying to get out of work. You know it's more work to, to help a grandkid do something, don't you? Or a, a child to do it. A lot easier just to do it yourself, but... Uh, steer, steering a tractor sitting on his lap, fishing for bullheads in a, the big dam there in South Dakota, how to milk a cow, how to build a tree fort, um, and an underground fort. I, I broke my first bone helping Dad build a tree fort. Fell off the, uh, the uh, tree there. And, uh, but it didn't stop him from letting us do it. Look, at if it isn't scary, if it isn't dangerous, it isn't fun. You remember that. If there's no possibility of breaking a bone, why even do it? Don't, don't waste time. Uh, Abe has got to, you know, you just, if, it's, if, it's, if it's not dangerous, it just, why even do that? Dad gave me that, or, or taught me that, uh, how to take care of tools. He taught me how to take care of tools. And it was a hard lesson to learn, trying to scrub that rust off of the, tool bo- the tools and out of the toolbox I left all winter long out in the front yard. Dad taught me how to take care of tools. Uh, a lot of work. Uh, fishing for trout using helgramites. I don't know if you know what they are, but they're an ugly creature you find under the rocks along the rivers in Wyoming and, and Montana, and you have to hook that ugly thing that looks like it's going to bite your fingers right off. You hook that on the hook. They don't bite, but and to catch trout with that. How to camp and tr- uh, a tent, trench a tent. Uh, kind of the hard way in the middle of the night when it's raining and pouring. And Dad says, get out there and dig a trench around the, uh, around the tent. He, he taught me how to do that. 
to hunt cottontails and skin and clean them and how to be patient, how to forgive people and how to fix things, how to saddle a horse, uh, how, to, how to take my knee when I put the saddle on and I'm tightening the cinch and how to take my knee and give her a gentle knee right in the ribs so she expels and then tighten it up because we had the horse that would just, and as soon as you got on it and started, it would roll right around. (laughs) Dad taught me how to do that so he wouldn't have to do that. How to stack hay, how to care for animals, how to reverence God's word, how to live by faith. He had to work two jobs and uh, but how to live by faith. We lived by faith. Chickens and vegetables from gardens, from the people, church people, because uh, they couldn't afford to pay him uh, real money. Uh, How to have devotions. Dad taught me those things. They're important. Recognize his provision. Recognize your sin before God and the Father. Uh, Verse 21 says, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Recognize that. Don't lie about your sin. Kids, don't lie to your parents. Parents, don't lie to your kids. Let them see you be honest. When the guy stop, when the and I mentioned this last week, the highway patrolman stops you and says, uh, "Do you know how fast you were going?" And you say, "Well, I'm pretty sure it was uh, 65." And he says in the in the back, "No, Daddy, you were going 75." Don't lie and let him see you lie and try to get away with things like that. Uh, recognize your sin before God and before your father. Don't lie to your mom and dad. Don't try to argue your way out of it. Don't ignore it. Um, and it's, it's, discipline is hard, hard for parents. And I know your parents probably said the same thing mine did. Mine did. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Uh, at the time, I thought they were lying to me because uh, it hurt a lot. But uh, uh, don't try to lie your way out of it. At, at times, we've had church discipline here when we've had to discipline uh, individuals. And, and uh, I remember a, a, a young couple coming to me and saying, uh, come to my office. And I was, I was sitting there, and they just stepped in the door, and, and uh, dad was a big man, and uh, his girlfriend a little. And they came in, and dad is just standing there with tears going, coming down his eyes. And he said, uh, you know, we've been dating, yes, I know, yeah. Uh, well, uh, we're expecting a child. Okay, that's, that's not God's plan, is it? No, no, we, we wanted to get married first, and we didn't. We made bad choices. Uh, have you told your parents? Yes, we have. Have you confessed it to them? Yes. Have you confessed it before God? Yes, we have. We knew we were in sin to do this. And I said, okay, then we will need to. He said, what do we do? And I said, well, we will need to have you confess it before the church family. Let them know that you, you sinned against God, you sinned against your families, you sinned against the church family, uh, so that 
then we can begin to celebrate the birth of this child. Until then, we can't really celebrate it until it's taken care of, until it's dealt with. And so they did before the church family. And I got an update this morning on that, on that boy. They had a lot of kids. Uh, but that boy went to, graduated from Pillsbury, became a, a youth pastor for a while, and now they just adopted two kids, and uh, he and his wife are, are house parents at uh, a, a, chi- a children's home, serving the Lord. You know, but they had to take care of it. Don't, if you try to hide it, then it just becomes something for people to gossip about. If it's dealt with, then it's something that then you can rejoice in the good things that happen. The sin is dealt with. And so now we can rejoice in the, in the child and, and uh, introduce the, the baby and let people know this is a gift from God and, and treat that baby as such. So uh, recognize his provision. Recognize your sin before God and the Father. Uh, verse 21 again, give him honor. Verse 21 He said, and the son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I am no more worthy to be called your son. Uh, He is saying, you deserve better than me. You're better than what I'm acting. You're giving him reverence. You're honoring him. You're saying, please forgive me. Thank you for being my dad. Thank you for correcting me in love. Uh, Honor God. That's what we're supposed to be doing with God the Father. He's there to forgive us and we ought to honor him. I, uh, I brought, uh, you, you'll not be able to recognize these pictures at all, but this is something that uh, Amanda gave me for my birthday one year, and it just shows me as, as dad, uh, uh, I got to deliver her, and I got to hold her then after following the delivery, and, and then a bunch of different things that we did together. This is, this showed me honor. I look at this and I say, wow, and she writes a, she wrote a poem. It's my daddy's garden. I'm not going to read it, but because it, I'll start sobbing halfway through, uh, that, that she wrote about the, the two of us. That shows me honor. Well, do we show God honor? Do we show our parents honor? Do we show our kids even honor them? Uh, the, uh, the fourth thing, to how to make your dad smile. In verse 19, And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Tell him your needs. Your dads want to hear that you have some needs. Your dads want to hear that you still need them. Kids, tell your dad that you need him for something. Make something up. Uh, just to uh, say, hey, can you help me? I love it when my kids still need me. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I got a, a, a FaceTime from Heather. And I looked and, and thought, oh, I wonder what she needs. And I was glad. She said, hey, Dad, I'm taking this doorknob off. How do you get a doorknob off? Now, she would eventually figured it out. Because she is the one who, everything's a puzzle to her, and she'll figure out how to take it apart. Uh, But fortunately, I I knew. Well, you take a screwdriver, punch this little button in the shaft there, and it'll pop right off. Ah, you know, so I love it when they need help, when they need dad. 
Uh, so let them know your needs. Not, I need an iPhone, I need an iPad, I need a new car. Those are not what, what I'm talking about here. That you have some need. What happens when you treat your dad that way? This is, you, you want to know the benefits of these four things that make your dad smile? Here are some of the benefits. Verse 20, he arose and came to his father, and when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So what, it stirs his compassion. You say, my dad doesn't love me. Well, let him know. Treat him properly. It will stir his compassion. Um, and I say, can I help you? Can I help you? Uh, even if it's, can I borrow something? I never know where my tools are. But that doesn't matter. I just go, there's something called a, a group text or something. And I, I can write in there, I'm looking for my table saw. And sooner or later, one of the kids will come back, it's in my garage or, or, or whatever. And, but I, I like that. Dads like that. It stirs our compassion when people need us. It gets his attention. Verse 20, uh, the father saw him and had compassion. When you treat him right, you'll have the attention of your father. Uh, it's the same with God the Father. Let him know your needs. It'll get his attention. It will stir his compassion. It produces open affection. Fell on his neck and kissed him. I love you. You know, I, we, we say that, our, our kids and, and, and Cindy and I, we say, I love you over and over again. Yes, whenever people leave, uh, I love you. Every time we hang up, I love you. So if you call me sometime and I hang up, and I say, before I hang up, I say, hey, I love you. Uh, it's because I forget. I, you, you, or maybe you're just part of my family. It don't feel uh, that it's something inappropriate there. I just, uh, I do. It produces open affection when you're treated this way. It enlists his help. He ran. He, he got involved in it. He ran to meet his son. There, uh, dad, uh, yeah, dad helped us uh, put up a number of tree forts. He became actively involved in our lives, even though he did not have a lot of extra time uh, working several jobs. Driving lessons and and practice and and that's uh, that's what I wanted to do and I tried to do it as a dad and and you probably did as well. I, I remember every Monday I would take one of the kids and we would go someplace around here and catch turtles all morning long and into the afternoon. Cindy would make us a lunch and and we would eat lunch there in the canoe and. Uh, along with uh, 250 turtles that, that we would take to, to Niswa for the turtle races, and, and they earned money that way. So it, it enlists, you treat your dad or your parents this way, and it will enlist them into uh, in his help. It provided additional resources. He came and said, I just want some food. Oh, no, you're not going get, to get away with that. You're going to get a robe uh, a new robe, and you're going to get a ring, which was like a credit card uh, there because they use that ring uh, uh, as a symbol of being able to transact business. And so a credit card, and you, uh, you express 
you treat your parents right. We went down to help Ben down in Iowa, and uh, uh, he needed to put in lights in his, in his house, the house they were going to move into. And so Nate and I went down there, and we went and bought supplies at Menards. Well, did I need to pay for them? No, but would, did I pay for them? Yes. Why? Because he needed my help. He's my son. And, and he treats me. He, he needed me. And so it enlists, enlisted my help. So that's how you put a smile on dad's face. And maybe just as well that I don't tell you how this guy, uh, these, both these guys put tears in his dad's eyes. Uh, I'm just going to read them. Act like you deserve all that dad provides. The young son says, give me what I deserve. Uh, be overly eager to leave home. I'm going to take off. I want to get out of here. I'm out of here. And then don't call home to check in. He's in a far country. What did his dad hear about from him? Nothing. Uh, then the older son, that was the younger son. The older son, don't talk to him, but confide in others. He comes out, finds a servant, and says, hey, where's, where's my son? Uh, he's, uh, he's mad. Well, how do you know he's mad? Because he was talking to the servant. He talked to everybody else, but he wouldn't talk to dad. Uh, avoided him. Wouldn't go in. Dad had to come out and entreat him. Get angry, but don't tell him why. Say, uh, what's wrong? Nothing. Hey, something's wrong. Oh, forget it. What difference does it make? You wouldn't understand anyway. Just leave me alone. Does that sound familiar? Uh, I hope not. But that's what was happening in this household. Just leave me alone. Reminds me of the plaque on the wall uh, that says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, except for Johnny. He's busy doing his own thing. You know, and maybe, you, maybe you would have to write that uh, on your plaque. Uh, build yourself up and put Dad down. I've been such a great kid all my life. I've been faithful to you. I've done everything you've asked me to do. And uh, you killed the fatted calf for my brother who wasted all of his stuff. So uh, you build yourself up and you tear dad down. You did everything wrong, dad. That puts a tear in his eye. Criticize your siblings. Your son wasted all of his stuff with arlets. Uh, get him, try to get him to take sides. You know, if your dad is still living, write him a letter. Uh, a letter is, is taking white stuff like this and a pen, and you actually write stuff on a, and tell him, maybe take a few clues from the, the prodigal sons and the faithful dad, take a few clues and write things down for him. Uh, if your dad is already gone, you can write to your heavenly father. You can appreciate him and all of his provision. Uh, encourage you. There are ways that we can put a, a smile on dad's face or a tear in his eye. The, the choices are up to us. Let's pray. Father, you know how we let you down often. Forgive me. Forgive me. Might I take these hints from this story and treat you the way I ought to treat you. 
I've received so much from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I pray that you might make our, our families strong here at First Baptist. I pray for wayward kids to come back to parents. I pray for wayward parents to come back to kids. Lord, that there might be harmony, the harmony that you expect from families, please. You've given us a good example of a family that's messed up, but a good example of how it can be fixed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.